let me say, hello, Heron. <laughs> well, then, in that case, let me say, hello, Heron. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, well, whatever, yeah. Yeah, so for folks <laughs> listening in that are wondering why there are different kinds of technical difficulties this evening, it's because we've decided to ditch Skype. Well, no, we're, this is just an experiment. We may or may not ditch Skype. I don't so know. So I get a strange kind of laser beam effect when you do something. I'm not sure what you're doing, but, well, if I get it again, I'll let you know. Okay. I'm not sure if you're firing rockets at me secretly, and I don't know. Uh, <laughs> no, not that I know. I just What's leaned happening? back in my chair. Okay. Okay. Very good. So this evening I have absolutely no notes in front of me, and I was kind of considering writing notes, and then I thought, fuck it. There's enough stuff that's gone on in the past week. And it's interesting, actually, I got some listener feedback associated with Hillary Clinton, which I'll, I'll pass on during the recording. But before we begin, I just want to say that the irony associated with you saying that you thought if you voted for Hillary Clinton that you could get at least 20 years without the Caterpillar collapsing, and then the past week, yeah, yes. it touched me. I'm not the, sure what the caterpillar you're will collapse irrespective of of whatever we oh it, to well do. that's all it's on its own yeah I don't I don't know but w- the thing is we don't know anything really we don't know what's connected to what and what's important and what's not and how much of it is really it depends on anything we do you know I mean I'm who knows that. I'm you into know. that you know these are just my my guesses that's all yes so. With some formality, and I'm getting strange kind of video game noises. I'm not sure what on earth is going You're on. You're getting here, but... video game yeah. noises. Oh, really? Yeah. Isn't this interesting? Somebody is using this other channel. It's you know f- for video games. Uh. And they're friends of somebody. I'll just uh, kick them out. Uh, <laughs> hold on. Adventure I... of um. Adventures of um. Or, or, yeah, yeah, or, yeah. So, so hold on. I'm going to go over there for a minute and and to give them the bad news. So. Very good. Okay, hold on. User left your channel. User in your channel is recording. Very good. Does that make a difference? I guess so. There is, there's also a conversation going on in the room as well. And we'll work through this thing. Oh, this is interesting. So you may be... Well, well you, you can hear my live streaming coming from the... Because no. that's going on in that other room. That's no, just playing an old recording. It doesn't matter, Heron. We'll work through all of this. It'll all work itself out. Okay, well, maybe we'll stick with Skype. Who knows? <laughs> Let's give this a go, and we'll take a listen yeah. to feedback. No there's, there's a lot of good stuff about this space that, that mm. if we could get it to work, I'd really like to use it. Mm. Like that's so one of the topics I want to talk how about. How did you set up the server? Um, well, I originally – see, the thing is uh, you really have to know Unix to set up a server. You can, it can do it for free. And they give you plenty of instructions, but I'm not a Unix guy. So a friend uh-huh. of mine set it up on my computer for me. Uh-huh. But, uh, and it works fine. And, and up to 32 users, it's free. So you uh-huh. can just go download the software, create your own goddamn server, you know, yeah. if you know Unix. <laughs> yeah. So, so what I – anyway, my friend set it up for me, but a couple times uh, there were problems with it, and I got tired of it, and I found a place that will host it for like 10 bucks a year or something. Yeah. You know, so, yeah, so that's just what loud, I do. I get the laser gun effect, which is really quite curious. So when you interesting. talk loudly – Maybe move the mic uh, a little yeah, bit Yeah, it has away. a kind of phaser Yeah, sound. interesting. Mm. Okay, well, I hope we can work this out. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sure we can. I'm sure okay, we can. Okay, well, I'm not so sure, but I'll <laughs> – but I'll I'll go along with the gag. Let's try anyway. it out. <laughs> yes. So, do you have any topics for this week? Well, weren't we just having one? I think we were. <laughs> so, continue with that line of thinking. 
Well, I'm not quite sure. It seems to me there was. Well, yeah, it's all lost in the mist of time now. It's it's okay. you know it's interesting how my mind works or, or fails to work. I realize now how multidimensional it is. Yes. And in before, I think I well, this is putting a positive spin on it rather than just senility. <laughs> you know, is that before I would be locked into sort of one thread that I understood, and so if mm. it got interrupted, it didn't make any difference because I knew what thread I was pursuing. Mm. And I could come right back to it and follow it, but I don't think that way now. You know, yes. at, at every point there, there's just like an infinite number of well, infinite, say five anyway, uh, very distinctly different paths that, that make as much sense to use one as any other. You know, the least to me. And yes. uh, so when I get interrupted, um, I don't know where I was going. <laughs> Yeah, an interesting thing happened to me during the week associated with the deteriorating mind. We have a, a tumbler lock where you need to, it's, it's based on letter combinations mm -hmm. to enter our backyard. And I took the trash out, <laughs> I relocked it, and put the trash back in order to come back in. And I got home last night and I thought, I can't remember the yeah. key yeah. password thing on this thing. I said, yeah. but I'm relatively confident I'll remember it in the future, so I'll just leave the stuff here. Yeah, no, the time morning, comes, yeah. <laughs> this morning I woke up, I could remember the password, I went out and I did it. Yeah, sure, just the trash in. No yeah. problem, yeah. yeah. Yeah, the mind is a very strange companion. <laughs> well, probably six months ago I wouldn't have had this problem. I would have known the password instantly and just would have done it. But I'm finding increasingly that not having my memory isn't really the disadvantage that I thought it would be. It just means oh, that no. I have to... You know, if something's really important, you've got your fucking phone to set alarms. You know, I mean, if if there's something you need to remember to do, mm. you can get that handled. You don't need to remember anything. I'm talking anymore, about bits really. of information, though. Like, for example, my father called impromptu last week sometime, yeah. and I was talking about the family members that I met in uh, London and Leeds in the yeah. UK. Couldn't remember their names. <laughs> yeah, that sounds perfectly reasonable. Went to back me. to Facebook, saw their photos. Ah, <laughs> oh, yes, so and so, so and so, so and so. It all worked itself yeah, out. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Names. <sighs> well, you know, if she's cute, I'll bet you I remember her name. Hmm. <laughs> Other than that, <laughs> chances are slim. Classic Sad, jokes from really. the 1970s, brought to you by Heron Stone, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. Oh, it's sadly still true. You know, my monkey is still, I mean, although he's hardly running the show anymore, um, he's still there, you know. He's got well, his opinions about all sorts of things. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, no film recommendations? No, nothing along those lines for tonight? Uh, well, you know, I've seen a couple, but nothing that really... Nothing that really sticks in my mind. Mm. I just uh, got uh, that new one about LBJ all the way. Oh, okay. And um, I'm just stunned by how much Alan Cranston looks like him. It's just just masterful what they've yeah. done. You know, it's, 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 it really is it's just almost scary, especially yeah. uh, going back to Breaking Bad. I don't know if it's something about his face that just lends itself to all this stuff or well i think he's a very i mean i i didn't particularly care for breaking bad but i think he's actually genuinely a talented actor who can pull oh, yeah. these things off 
So well, he's been around for a long time. Oh, yeah. So too. So oh, yeah. I mean, he's uh, yeah, he's been recognized as a, he's made his living as an actor most Certainly. of his life. So yeah, but he's just. I guess it was Breaking Bad was the first time he sort of broke out. He was in Malcolm <laughs> and, in the Middle, which shouldn't be sniffed. Oh, at. that's right. That's right. It was a TV series. Yes. Oh yeah. Ah, that's right. I forgot about that because I think I don't. Yeah. Anyway, I never saw that. So yes. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I. I think Malcolm in the Middle first came on when I first arrived in the U.S. in 2000. What year? 2000? 2000, maybe. I remember now when I got rid of my TV. Yeah. They had an episode where they went to Burning Man, and I realized either Malcolm in the Middle Middle had jumped the shark or Burning Man had jumped the shark at that point. (laughs) And I think my realization was probably both had jumped the shark. So... I was supposed to record with a woman who is, I think they call her a pipe carrier within a Native American church. Mm-hmm. And she messaged me yesterday saying that she couldn't record because she was going to Berkeley for two weeks to participate in a prayer circle or whatever for Black Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. And I thought to myself, this is just the nature of these kind of interviews these kind of environments that you know you'll have people that devote themselves to prayer circles in these circumstances as you and i well i can only speak for myself as i am not much of a prayer all we can do is really talk about the things that have transpired recently and i think our conversation last week was perfectly pitched associated with some of the aspects of what has happened in the past week well, which of the several <laughs> things that have happened in the past week? I mean, it's not like it's obvious to me just exactly what you're talking about. Yes, there's not of- a linearity over the past week. Well, for folks listening in, a number of events have occurred in the past week. Mainly, I mean, my perspective on it is it actually refers to what live, well, historically, well, you know the live Facebook feed exactly. thing. That I mean, because that was stunning. That that what that show, In fact, that is what. For the first time, I read when I heard that cop yelling, I realized how fucking terrified he was. I told him not to reach for it. I told him to get his hand out. He had that completely lost cop, control. He, yeah, yeah, he was out of it, man. He was. He he, he had come, and I. That's when I started realizing that these people aren't being trained at all. Apparently, I mean, it is. <laughs> it, it was that. There were so many chilling pieces to that particular video, but live video broadcasts sufficient that even people now in underprivileged yeah. areas do it. Yeah. And show just this surreal scene. Yeah. Well, yeah, the fucking cops are scared to death. And yeah. now they should be. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, but yeah, it, that's, that clearly illustrated a lack of training. You know, well, the really. whole procedure associated, I yeah. mean, what we saw, yeah. illustrated more than a lack of training. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's actually, yeah, mistraining. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's mistraining. <laughs> yes. I mean, the nature that these people <laughs> believe on some fundamental level yeah. that they have authority in these circumstances. Oh, I yeah. I mean, there was... Well, the, the whole thing's gone mad. You know, yeah. the, whole, the whole system is just fucking crazy. Yeah. I mean, to, to, to analyze it is almost sort of pointless. <laughs> I mean, it's like, it's not like you have to convince somebody, I think. It's like you either see this or you don't. You know, the, I'm this not sure. system I think, that is collapsing. Yeah. 
the four-year-old daughter was, I think, one of the most interesting incidents. Yeah, that's a characters. dead giveaway, right? Yet maybe you shouldn't start shooting. That there's a woman and a child in the car. Well, <laughs> also how calm the four-year-old was, like almost like the four-year-old yeah. had been prepared. Well, she'd already seen that on TV. Exactly, she'd been prepared for the eventuality that this yeah. might occur in her environment. Yeah, yeah, this is just oh yeah, okay, they're killing dad, and, and she had Damn. wise words for the mother in the circumstance. I didn't. I don't remember the whole. I, I watched. I, I watched. Once there was and, a nine-minute video, yeah, which covered everything from the yeah. from the bleeding guy convulsing, yeah, to the woman telling the cop that no, actually, this is what had happened. Yeah, yeah. Actually, clearly... she was she was remarkably uh, clear and assertive. Yeah, yeah. She did a great job. Yeah, I was really. I thought she was awesome. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Otherwise, she'd be dead too. <laughs> well, that's where it gets very interesting because they had a cop on either side, and what's clear is that the cop that shot was probably the more junior of the two cops. Oh yeah. But the whole experience of her then being pulled—did you watch the footage where she no, was pulled from the car and hand? No, no, I didn't watch the whole thing. There was I a nine-minute-long yeah, clip that yeah, covered no, everything. I, I've only seen a couple yeah. bits and pieces of it. So uh, the full clip is chilling because it uh, shows. Yeah. The daughter's interaction as well. Oh yeah, saying it's okay, oh, mummy, I'm here. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. In yeah. all of this, just uh, you insanity. know, I don't. I already got. Yeah. 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 That's interesting about what level I I want to get involved with this. Well, this you is know, the whether thing. I need to see all nine yeah. minutes of it or not. <laughs> My wife and I had this conversation actually the night before this video came online because she had watched the the footage the previous day. Of the guy on the ground being shot on the ground and then him yeah. convulsing, you know, his arms just kind of flailing yeah. slowly towards his body and all this yeah. kind of stuff. And yeah. we kind of agreed that this was just like there's so much information that you can receive, basically your response, and then you don't need any more information. Yeah, it's really clear that, that uh, something's got to change here. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this, is, this ain't working. Yeah. <laughs> and I think yeah. the, the lack of. I mean, I've identified for many years, but most recently associated with Brexit and other discussions, that we don't have a media that's capable of having a dialogue in these circumstances. Like, actually, getting the raw video footage and just processing that on your own is probably one of the better ways to actually receive this information. And if you saw a snippet through TV news footage or a variety of other things, you probably... You know, you probably got it yeah. slightly manipulated, a little bit twisted. Yeah, you, know? you never know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like well, but that's part of the whole thing. I mean, probably most of the people that have seen this have seen it on YouTube, not on TV. Well, let's hope that that's the case. I think the majority of the population is still going to be seeing it on TV. Well, they're going to be seeing clips of it, but anyone who's seen... Yeah. Well, yeah, anyone who cares to give a shit about yeah. anything is going to see what they need to see. But, of course, yeah. at some point, that's the point. Is I, I don't know how much more I need to see. Well, I the mean, thing is that television <laughs> and the way the media portrayed at least the first shooting was that this was a guy who had, you know, felony convictions. He had a firearm when he shouldn't have had a firearm. Yeah, there were yeah, all these narratives whole, yeah, to justify yeah. it, which is what basically happens when you have a media that's filtering your information. Yeah, but if you yeah. were on Facebook or if you just saw, saw the raw video of the second guy and his girlfriend and I don't think the daughter, I don't I think it's the girlfriend's daughter, not the guy who was shot's yeah. daughter. Anyway, if you saw this footage just raw, 
without an additional narrative about what's going on about what's going on they were carjacked that was a carjacking well (laughs) it's extraordinary it really is very extraordinary and yeah carjacking is a lot closer to yeah to what what happened yeah (laughs) i mean it's just astonishing and then if this was not enough some ex-military guy at uh, oh yeah yeah a, right a protest yeah. decided yeah. and it was interesting actually the way that they described it initially I mean my perspective is the term sniper I always think is above from above like they have a vantage point above that's not identifiable I've not actually seen the final footage of the guy because apparently he, he was doing military his military training as he was shooting at the police but my understanding is that he was moving to avoid fire between some pillars at some distance, but not a huge distance. Yeah. And the description of him as a sniper rather than a shooter, well, the whole thing was completely confused. Well, yeah, well, because, that's just, well that's, yeah. those terms are not defined. You know, yeah. you can define them any fucking way you want to, you know? Yes. But the sniper is a much better word. Yes. <laughs> you know, well, if you want, you know, I mean, that's much nastier well, than versus, just a shooter. Versus, you know, I'm not sure whether he was a Marine or whether he was in the Army, but versus, you know... U.S. Marine or all the kinds of descriptions that could be given to this guy based on his military training. I mean, the reason that the term sniper was used was because that he had a degree of precision and he clearly had military training. Yeah. Okay. I don't. I don't know why. I assume they use the word sniper because they think it'll sell better. Well, I mean, in the case (laughs) of I don't think they give a shit what it really means. I mean, even the DC sniper before he was even identified. You know, it was clear that he oh yeah, well, that's a, it's a powerful world. It's it's it's, it's a sneaky, you know, yeah. sneaky bastard. Yeah, you know, fuck that guy. He's a sneaky bastard. Yeah. Snipes at people. Yes. <laughs> yeah. A sniper. Ooh. Yeah. What could be worse than a sniper? Yes. What was interesting was that the Black Lives Matter folk came out very quickly and said that they didn't actually have a chapter where the shooting took place and the fact that it wasn't actually a Black Lives Matter protest. But, of course, the media didn't care about any of that. They just <laughs> no, ran with the easiest great, possible it's story. It's great news, man. It's yeah, awesome Yeah, well, I already had the hashtags on Twitter, so what more do, what more do yeah, you need yeah, through this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. this is a new era, really. It's uh, I mean, the way we process information as a culture. Mm. Um, well, I mean, it's well. Of course, it's been changing, transforming more and more rapidly this whole century. I mean, last century and and now continues even more, you know. But I mean, it's really pretty dramatic when when you think about tens of thousands of years of more or less the same old shit day yeah. after day. Yeah. <laughs> you know, well, at least year after year. But now you get live <laughs> recordings that are actually, you know, transmitted and show exactly what is going on. Or at least a perspective. No, they just show enough. they just show what that shows. Exactly. <laughs> you know, which is but a very then powerful in need of interpretation. And very well, I think, you know, it's interesting actually because the the Louisiana situation, the first guy shot on the camera footage. That was the guy it, they had pinned down the yeah, ground. The police yeah. chose not to have their body cameras on for that. They were issued body cameras, but mysteriously they just weren't on while that occurred. Mm-hmm. And I think it's interesting that the police choose not to... Where we do have police video footage, it's oftentimes released after the fact and oftentimes released censored. The fact that civilians now wear body cameras that stream is is a change. It's a change that I think alters... I mean, you talk about... You might talk about Rodney King in a similar light. 
you know, video yeah. footage. No, that's a game changer. There's yeah. so many that that vi- live video on yeah. Facebook. I mean, that's pretty hard to fucking beat, man. Yeah. That, that's going to get some attention. My only concern <laughs> is that Facebook eventually pulled the video. Well, whatever. You know, uh, it's just it's there. That's the era yeah. we're in now. Yeah. <laughs> you know. And I mean, the assertion from the woman who shot shot the video was that basically the police grabbed her cell phone, her Facebook account, and got the video deleted after the fact. So actually, what she was well, doing initially. Well, but it's on YouTube, so it doesn't. Well, yeah, that's the whole point. It's on YouTube. It's all there. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a whole new world, man. Again, we just don't have institutions in place to deal with this kind of world. That's sort of the, you know, it's that thing. You can see it in terms of the industrial revolution into the information era. That transformation has to affect all systems of culture. Yes, you know, and. That's a messy process. <laughs> it's interesting, actually, because people here, I think of Casey Neistat was interviewed and he said that he didn't think live video streaming had anything compelling. Well, I think this has changed it, right? I think live video streaming is now the forefront of compelling information. In fact, it's to be studied after the fact in some regard, but the ability to put it out there rapidly well, but then you need the ability to find it rapidly. Well, that's where it gets difficult. And yes. so that becomes a problem. Just being able to put it out there is fine if – well, I think obviously we need, we're, all of that's there. I mean, mm. we're going to have the ability to do it any way we want. That's the whole point. And that's just one, one more possibility. Certainly. Yeah. I've, I've started Werner Herzog's video masterclass. I watched mm-hmm. the first three last night. Yeah. And it's interesting what he says. I think he might be a contemporary of yours. He's actually he's a little bit older than you are, Heron. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. But um, he talks about film students today very critically. And a lot of the stuff that he describes is stuff that we've discussed critically associated with no one reads anymore and no one like studies prior history. Like he was saying that Basically, most film students think that film started with Star Wars. <laughs> Anything prior to Star Wars is not studied anymore. That's, Two out that's of a day. good one. <laughs> forget The Godfather. Forget that kind of stuff. No one needs to watch any Brando. It's all, it's all from Star Wars on. And he has this kind of nihilism associated with the future. But also there's an ego associated with his own work, which is kind of beautifully... Layered through, like he, he talks very favorably. Associate, do, do you remember the TV show called Unsolved Mysteries? Um, uh, the name sounds familiar. It's something but... if you discovered it and you knew about it, you would really know about it. As a small child, yeah. when I say small, probably age nine through to about. See, I think 14. I was old enough by then to know that that was bullshit. Well, Unsolved <laughs> Mysteries covered a variety of things. It covered murders and and yeah. things, child abductions and bank robberies and a variety of things. It oh, wasn't. Okay. Um, it wasn't aliens, although I think maybe some of the uh, stuff dealt with like. You know, the, oh, okay. the occult and the unknown. But yeah. a lot of it was just a standard, like America's Most Wanted kind of crime oh, okay. right. stuff. But it had a fellow by the name of, I think, Robert Stack, who just had the most amazing voice, like a gravelly deep voice. Yes, I remember you know. Robert Stack, I know well. Yeah, well, he's an actor, right? Yeah, well. right. So, yeah, yes. he had a yes. TV series. I don't remember which yes. one it was now, but I yeah. watched it. <laughs> yeah, anyway, so he hosted it and he just had this kind of nihilistic, gravelly voice to describe. And he also had really good um i wonder candor is not the right term it's the pausing at the right 
period of time. So he'd say something and then he'd pause and then he'd say something yeah. more for yeah, effect. Yeah, good timing. Good timing. Let's just call it that. <laughs> so anyway, Werner Herzog spent a good amount Are of time. Are you thinking prosody? No, that's not the word I'm looking for that's either. That's related, but I think that's yeah. different. Yeah. yeah. Okay, never mind. <laughs> yeah. And all the words I'm thinking of are really the wrong word, but sounds like the word that I'm looking for. Yeah, so I'm going to do that yeah. strange like permutation thing in my head. In any case, so Werner Herzog talked about how he had also been impacted by unsolved mysteries and the, the timing. And he has a, I think it's called The End of the Earth or something like that about Antarctica, an Antarctica documentary. And he was talking about the penguin migration. He said, yes, he used the unsolved mysteries, you know, voice in that particular situation and talked very strongly about how he enjoys narrating things and he thinks his narration is actually pretty good. I don't know if this masterclass is going to be... I mean, it's getting me thinking. I'm going to do a bit of reading for it. What else could it do? One would hope so. <laughs> you know, 90 bucks well spent, I think, in some way. Yeah, level. you come out with a couple new thoughts that yes. you hadn't thought of before, I'd say that's pretty good. Yes, <laughs> yes. So what do you think of this uh, TeamSpeak environment? Uh, it seems I'm getting a bit of an echo when I do things like that. I'm not sure, but I don't know. I think it's got a few... Let's see. We'll record a show. We'll get listener yeah. feedback. We'll take it from there. Yeah. Well, I'm just interested in what your thoughts are on it. Because I mean, actually, it's, you know, it's just too, it doesn't make much difference, really. My perspective is it'll all come in the post-production. It does record at a slightly higher quality than I'm used to dealing with, so I'll just use iTunes to convert it down. Yeah, that's I'm easy. I'm sure yeah. we'll work it through it. I mean, yeah. my perspective is at the end of the day, these things... You know, well, as long as we get clean recordings, let's hope so. You know, because Skype really is yeah. uh, becoming a problem. Yes, yeah. that's a shame. Yes. Okay, and and plus, I like the idea that, and for anyone who wants to go to the trouble, they could listen to this live. Yeah. And um, and text back and forth, you know, and we ask questions. Yeah. Well, we we could, well that the thing is we've My got text. complete control. We could do any damn thing we want. Yes. What I would like to do is basically ignore them completely until we're done, mm. and then or and, and during the the time when I'm going and getting a glass of wine, you might want to look at the comments yes. and see yeah. what's going on. Um, yeah, we tried know. to do this with uh, we tried to do this with Periscope. No, I, I I remember that. And it yeah. didn't work. No, because, it didn't at all. No. Uh, so, but I think well, the thing is, we've got enough control here to 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 make them have to jump through certain hoops in order yes. to talk. You know. Yes. So we 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 have the control. If it if we can't control it, then and it's a problem, then just don't do it. You know, and just leave everybody's mics off and shut down uh, the text. Yes. So speaking of listener feedback, I received quite a bit of listener feedback over the past week. Really? Some of it completely incoherent, which is the stuff that I decided to send on to you. And <laughs> Thanks some a lot. It, some of it more along the lines of... I was afraid that was the coherent stuff. <laughs> some of it along the lines of, can you provide you know short funk recordings associated with Hillary Clinton? <laughs> Which I kind of, it's not that I did, I just did a kind of anti-providing that information through a short form. I mean, one of the interesting things that I found through our discussion associated with Hillary was that you noted that I provided a series of links that really hadn't moved you, probably because you hadn't read them or maybe you just scanned through them. So when I did have the request associated with, Tom, you need to produce more material associated with Hillary Clinton, I said, no, 
Heron's already identified this, that the more material I provide is not directly proportional to people actually understanding my perspective. It's not even about understanding. Mm. It's, it's about some certain choices, about some assumptions about things yes. you know, that, are, that, are, that are held in place by nothing other than your assumptions, your story. Yes. And which I have respect for. So that's why I choose not to engage <laughs> on certain things because, you know, I, I But the feedback that I got from that listener specifically was relatively positive that actually, mm-hmm. and this is what I did with my wife as well, I said, you know, go and do your own research. Here are a few possibilities. Go and check out some yeah, other ones yeah, as well. well you yes, know? of course. Yes. Because exactly. the act of actually doing that. Cements the information in a different way than just being told. Oh, a bunch sure. Of well, stuff. well, yeah, being told shit doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Really? You, it's sort of point. My, for a long time, well, I finally have come to the point now where it's, you know, I just don't offer suggestions unless somebody asks. Yeah. Sure. I don't even think that, but my concern is people ask, but my perspective now has become sufficiently jaded that I don't think even, even the act of asking, you know, and then I find in, you know, Three to well, six you have, weeks, yeah, the yeah. people are just doing exactly what they're doing. Well, no, like, no, no, no I'm just saying. Wasting. In order, that's just one yeah. hurdle to get past. Yeah. <laughs> that's all. Just the first. That's the first gate. Yes, <laughs> and there are many more. Certainly. And then you, in my, and usually at that level, my usual gambit is shock and awe. Yeah. Basically, if I can confuse them, then that's a great place to start. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And that's usually not that hard to do. Yeah. <laughs> I woke up on 4th of July and I thought to myself, I'm about to start a new podcast. It's literally being stopped currently by the fact that my spiritual advisor is just touching up the logo for the podcast. It needs to come out with a certain degree of perfection. Mm -hmm. But I woke up on 4th of July, went into the shower as I normally do, and in the process of kind of soaping my hair, I realized that I've got to change some aspect to the way that I do this thing, this podcasting thing. Because there's a bunch of people that like listening to these podcasts, but then and I guess I got this with Joe the drummer. Like, he likes what we do. He's just not obsessed with what we do. I mean, he, he kind of, he understands it in the series of other podcasts that he produces, but basically your and my discussion is, you know, background film. Well, we're not really form. directed at anything. You know, I've, I come with my agenda, yeah. you come with your agenda, but, well, uh, and, and it's a mixture of, of it's these interesting things. Because I was talking to Peter Stimple, our listener Peter Stimple, who you've talked to previously, yeah. and who I talked to periodically on Model Rail Radio, and he said that he loves Stone Ape. Like, he really likes the format of Stone Ape. <laughs> and I do get that occasionally from certain yeah. listeners, that yeah, they just say, right. this thing is critical. Yeah. In well, their, you know... that. That strikes me as right. There are, yeah. I mean, there are some people that we are just perfect for. Yeah. Not many. Yeah. I think that's, uh, but I think we are tolerable and more, even, <laughs> even sort of attractive yeah. to, a, to a much larger audience. But, uh, but again, you, I mean, I've really got a very, you know, I'm a one trick pony. Mm. <laughs> well, well, actually, no, I'm not. But, but for purposes of podcasting, I am. Mm. Uh, it's, you know, it's Gendo. So, and but you've got a lot of different things that you're doing. So, Certainly. Um, so I wanted you know, to do an experiment. World. I wanted to do an experiment before we get completely sidetracked because I want to get back to that crazy email that I shared with you. Mm. But I wanted to do an experiment to see how likely is it for listeners to my particular recordings to actually like look at these recordings. Because ideally, what I want is an experience where listeners listen to three or four of these recordings. 
And out of the three or four, one of them touches them in a particular way, and they want to share it with their friends. <laughs> they want to go out of their way and say, hey. Yeah. And the thing about it is that I think a lot of what I create, and it's going to be a relatively strange term to some of our listeners, but I'm going to use it anyway. A lot of the podcasts that I create, Stone Ape, Model Rail Radio in particular, to a lesser extent, Short Funk, are what I would consider sin podcasts. They're sin podcasts because they're podcasts that people listen to and enjoy almost like a guilty pleasure. And in the case of Model <laughs> Rail Radio, I find that really very striking that most of the people that are on Facebook that listen to Model Rail Radio have their model railroading lives. And then they have their regular lives. And they don't always want to acknowledge to people that they're rabid train fanatics. So the likelihood of them promoting model rail radio in their broader friendship groups is difficult. Yeah. The stuff that we discuss here, <laughs> I think, also has this kind of sin component to it as well. Like, how would you bring up in good company some of the, <laughs> some of the stuff that we discuss here? So... The experiment lasted for about a day and a half and was in no way a success. In fact, all it indicated really Wait, was what, that, what, what experiment was this? So what I asked my listeners to do was to go on to here at the Stone Ape archive of all the audio recordings. Yeah. And I've added now Twitter and Facebook posts for the individual oh. recordings. Oh, So what people could do is if they ah. like a particular recording, they can go and click either on Twitter or Facebook, the links that are right next to the recording title. Oh, ah, okay. And they can leave a comment. And No, 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 no. They then no. post it either to their Facebook or Twitter feeds and leave a comment. Ideally leave a comment or they could just post it. And what I want to see is basically when we create a degree of impact. Like I've had this experience with short funks. Huh. Occasionally I've recorded short funks and people have just said, right on. Like that yeah. was exactly what I wanted to listen to. Well, that's to the thing that is you're time. focused. See, this that's yeah. the, I think one of the problems that we have is we've got six different shows. But I think in within, an hour within, and a half. No, but I mean, no, <laughs> my perspective is actually what people look for in these recordings are certain degrees of insight and certain degrees of witticism. And the combination of those two occasionally makes shows that really resonate with a group of people. And what I find interesting is I'd like to be able to judge when that occurs. Now, occasionally that occurs through people posting on Facebook. Occasionally that occurs through people emailing me. But what I'd like to see is a group of listeners that are willing to say, this was a good show. I'm willing to tell other people this was a good show. And thank you for putting this thing together. Yeah. And yeah. I tried to put this out because the Model Rail community, I ran it through Model Rail and Stone Ape. I didn't do it as heavily with Short Funk because I thought this is a different community. But I wanted to see initially how well it would go down with Model Rail Radio. And what I found with Model Rail Radio was that there were a small number of folk, like less than probably 10, that actually did this seriously and had friends come back to them and say, this is really amazing stuff. Thank you for posting it. Mm -hmm. Now, when you've got... 10 how, out of how many? <laughs> Hundreds of thousands in terms of unique IPs, whatever that <laughs> means. Exactly. Ten. Now, this is exactly... So, part of it is 4th of July is a busy day for most Americans. The Brits, what I did get was lots of correspondence from people saying that they were going to candidly communicate with a group of friends that maybe they should listen to this stuff. But to actually come out in public, and this goes back to the whole notion of sin. Yeah, this has to do with... Yeah, public yeah. and say, I love what this thing is... Yeah, right. You yeah, that's self-damning. Yeah, exactly. they're in trouble. Yeah, I'm a, yeah. It's like, it's like being, yeah, you know, a Star Wars fan or something. Yeah, you know? yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it really is very, very strange. 
And it's funny, actually, because my family treats me like this. When I interact with my family, all, almost all of them have listened to Stone Ape at some stage. Almost all of them have listened to at least... Well, this is real grown-up radio. ...of model rail radio at some stage and realised it wasn't for them. But I guess my perspective is, how, how does this relationship change with the audience? Historically... I've seen other podcasts. How does it, wait, what was that? How does what change with... How does this relationship change with the audience? How does it move from you and me just shooting the breeze together, yeah. putting out to people, to something... And for a period of time, and I've got I've to mm. credit our listener, Mike King, here, because Mike King didn't come initially. Obviously, he might have been doing stuff over the 4th of July period, but he certainly came after the fact. And he wanted to know what the hell was going on with regards to the Apple Twitter promotion which I talked about a little bit last recording, that Apple is now saying to podcast promoters, promote your stuff on Twitter. The timing associated with this relates to probably, I think it was May sometime, maybe early May, when they gathered together a group of influential influential podcasters in Cupertino to talk to Apple about how they could improve the platform. We then hear nothing from Apple. My hope was that there would be an iOS 10 something associated with improving podcast conditions. And then instead they come out with promote your podcast through Twitter. I kind of causally link the two in my analysis, but I think they are like this is the first big announcement since the podcasters were gathered together. And from my perspective, the whole thing seemed very curious. So shout outs to Mike King here. I did want to return to the email that I forwarded on to you from a particular listener who actually represented the topic that I wanted to raise with you because independently you periodically raise the fact that you have OCD and Asperger's with your, like, Facebook camaraderie. And some of them have taken you to task on this periodically. Oh, I know. Yeah. I know. Yeah. And I think it's interesting because my suspicion is the guy who contacted us probably actually suffers from something. Well, that's the thing is all these labels are are so hopelessly stupid. Well, his assertion was that actually it's medically defined, and once you get medically defined with it, you you uh, deal blah, with blah, it differently. Blah, blah. That, that, that's I don't think there's a, a I don't know maybe I'm wrong. Is there a, a blood test for autism? There's, there's ten. There are ten symptoms where if you have. I think five. You can be Asperger's if you have nine. Oh, no, that's not the same thing, though. I, that's no. I, I I agree with you. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying is is that it's a it's always a call. We don't have any really clear understanding of what the hell's going on, really. Well, you know, there's a lot of theories floating around. Most of them are okay. But I think. <laughs> I mean, I guess his assertion, which I'm sympathetic yeah. to, yeah. is that if you engage in this environment and if you put yourself up to be tested and if you actually get a positive result through that, mm-hmm. then you are in a very different place than some guy who just says, you know, I think I have this, I think I have that. Uh, I don't see any necessary connection between the two. Because I think what he's saying is that the way that it's medically dealt with, I mean, for example. But I have I'm not friend. sure I want to deal with it. Well, that's I'm not sure I don't like it. See, this is that's where it gets point. very interesting. Is I guess, I mean, I'm embodying some of his argument, but I guess my perspective is that if you engage with the... It's like the migraines, right? I used to get headaches. They weren't medically defined as migraines until I started engaging with medical professionals. And then the whole thing became very, very now, surreal. Now, n- yeah, yeah. now we know what it is. <laughs> well, this is where it gets interesting, because I guess my what, what I'm you know feeling here is that 
once you engage with medical professionals and once you start getting all the related stigma associated with that, you're in a very different position than See, just I, asserting something. You know, well, you know, one of my best friends for maybe 15 years was a doctor. Mm. He was chief of staff at, at a local hospital. Yep. And he and I played music yep. on uh, all the time. And so... I don't have much regard for the medical community. Neither do I. Neither do I. <laughs> you know, um, you know, my life hasn't been easy, but I've done. You know, I, I certainly can't complain. <laughs> you know, it's been fun, mm. uh, and um, you know, I'm still here. So, what the fuck have I got to complain about? I guess. I, I guess the assertion through the email correspondence was. Well, so I talked about OCD and Aspergers. Yes. Yeah. I think I think I can make a pretty good case uh, for both of those. Okay, I mean it's it, but that's all anybody can do. Like I say, there's no blood test. Well, except, except there are a series of kinds of behaviors. But there's an engagement with the medical community. I mean, well, for example, I, I know, but the, uh, that's what I, I'm I saying. To, I don't really give a shit what the I went medical to a dermatologist community says. This week. I've never yeah. been to a derm. Well, actually, that's funny. I probably went to a dermatologist in the UK because the person that burnt stuff off my body was probably a dermatologist. <laughs> well, let's but I hope went to so. A dermatologist <laughs> in the past week, and I just said, you know, I'm turning forty. I'd like to establish a relationship with a dermatologist. I know a guy who has stage four skin cancer. I'd like to work through these things. The dermatologist looked me over. I mean, looked me over seriously. Got me to take off my clothes. You know, show my butt cheeks. The usual yeah, stuff. Yeah, right. Yeah, and he said. All you need is you and your wife to get together once a month, look over your bodies, check for these things. You have no issues. So the strange thing that I had on my arm. That's good news, yeah. The strange thing that I had on my arm that looked like it was changing shape, he said, no, that's just a mole and a scar together, you know. Very matter-of-fact, kind of went down the line and made it perfectly clear. Well, let's hope he's not a fucking charlatan. Well, (laughs) I've got my wife looking over my body to try and keep him correct. Anyway, but I guess my point is that when engaging, I didn't have any knowledge up until that point. I thought I had a strange thing on my arm. I was kind of concerned about the amount of sunburn that I'd received as a child. But actually, it's time to make, yeah, to look into it. But engaging with a medical professional changes that thing, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. And it depends on whether you like or don't like the one that you happen to run into. Believe me. (laughs) Believe me, unquestionably. And I guess the general assertion from our listener here was that unless you get diagnosed, unless you actually go through that process, he is someone who probably has been diagnosed. I'm not really clear from his correspondence. Well, no, yeah, well, listen, I I have no quarrel with with anything about that. Yeah, if you want to play that game, then, you know, it's like if you want to get a degree, then you have to go to college. Yeah, I guess. You know, to get a degree. If you want to, you know, it's not the game I'm playing. I mean, it's clear to me. I, I do quite a bit of reading. I know probably a hell of a lot more than whoever was complaining about it does about both of these conditions. But I guess I guess the general commentary, which also came through your Facebook discussion, is uh-huh. a, and I've, I've raised this periodically because yeah. I have a relatively close friend who is an extreme hypochondriac. And the hypochondria component to this, associated with, well, I've done a rigorous assessment of my own mental health, and here is what I say. Mm-hmm. I mean, these kind of things cause... Not necessarily social concern, but just appear to be like part of a set of behaviours, which means... They're highly start, abnormal. Well, when you start talking about language and things like this, I guess, I guess I'm returning to the point that I was trying to make originally. How do we convince people? I mean, I have this problem uh, even with you. How yeah, do I convince yeah. you 
that yeah. I'm someone worthy not only of listening to, but occasionally doing yeah. some investigation and trusting Yeah, on yeah. some level. What's the question again? Whether hypochondria as a phenomena of describing, you know, these symptoms and these kind of things, whether that uh-huh. moves people away from engaging with you, not necessarily as a source of information. I don't understand hypochondria. Truth. I'm not quite sure what we're talking about. Well, hypochondria means that you you believe you have things that you don't have. Oh, right? no, well, that's certainly not the way I'm approaching this. Jesus but, Christ, if that I guess, was... <laughs> I guess my perspective is it's very difficult for folks listening in to determine that. Oh, well, some... I don't care. Okay. It's their problem. (laughs) Listen, all I can do is try to uh, say it in as clear a possible way for myself that makes sense to me as I can. If if it if that's not enough, then uh, you know I I guess I could try again. But I'm not really sure what the problem is. So see, to me, it doesn't look like it's an either or situation where we have to choose between you know. I'm not not saying it's either or. I'm just saying in terms of like the progression of this discussion, rather than a statement that is reiterated periodically, it would be really interesting, actually. Even even if it was purely for journalistic purposes, for you to go and get yourself assessed. Oh, um, for what purpose? Well, we'd have something to discuss here, but you could also reaffirm some of the, you know, iterations that you had, as I did when I went to the dermatologist. This you week. know, listen, you're right. I could probably do that, and I don't know how many hours and bullet much. I mean, I have to do it to the VA. <laughs> no, thank you. And what's the benefit to me from this? Well, it gives you something to discuss. At which point we can. I don't need any. See, I'm not really in, even interested in that. I don't really give a shit about that. Why should I concern myself with that stuff? This is probably part of my OCD. <laughs> so I think there were so many aspects to the email, and I, I received correspondence from this individual periodically. He I should was. probably get that again because uh, I, I remember well, it. Well, why don't you go get your wine glass and I'll paste it into the chat. Okay. So one of the things that I think is really interesting is actually in this guy's second paragraph where he says that he enjoys the, way, he enjoys the conversations on Stone Ape. They force him to think in ways... He was never interested in. He says he gets pissed off a lot with something about me. Uh, he doesn't know if it's my fragility coupled with overconfidence or what, or just this misinterpretation of the accent. So he then goes on to talk about how he's a socially <laughs> challenged person, and then he starts talking about the autism thing, which we've talked about. Yeah. See, none of this is of any interest to me. I really don't give a shit. <laughs> you know? It's not a problem. See, the thing is, just, I don't see it as a problem. Yes. I can see how, if I wanted to make it a problem, I could. <laughs> I guess my concern is that for a certain number of our listeners, of which this gentleman is self-identified, it diminishes your authority, for want of a better term. <laughs> Good. And if it's intentional... <laughs> if, that's, yeah, if that's what gets me authority, <laughs> then I don't need that, thanks. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's interesting, actually, the notion of me being a... I mean, look... He says a lot about you. He says a lot about me just in the inter- in the paragraph that I've read as yeah. well. Well, he so. says a lot about his idea of who he thinks you are. Well, yes. Yes, it's all his idea of who he thinks yes, I am. Yes, of course. Yeah. Yes. Do you perceive me as being fragile, Heron? <laughs> well, no, I must say when I heard that word, I thought, hmm, fragile? 
I, I, you know, given the right stimulus, I think we all have our breaking We all have our probably. possibilities to be fragile. Yes. Yeah, you know, um, but I certainly don't see you as, uh, you know, easily f- fragile. Yes. Yes, I must admit, I've, I've received a lot of correspondence from this gentleman of a variety of qualities. He even called out my, well, he didn't call out my wife on one occasion. He just said some ridiculous shit that offended my wife, of all people. So, yes, I have a long-standing relationship with this fellow. I'm periodically contacted by other people that he offends, and I just say, let it ride. There's more of that coming where that came from. But it does interest me that we have, amongst our listeners... Well, is he going to hear this and know who, who's, who of course. we're talking about? Yeah. Okay. We've read out part of his email. Yeah, okay, well, I just... I've raised okay. topics that he asked to be raised. Yeah, so. yeah. Yeah. He might be interesting for me to talk to. I think you might have talked to him at some stage. Of course, I know you've talked to him at some stage or another. Well, yeah, no, but it was under different circumstances. You know, it was under more yeah. Um, yeah. limited uh, circumstances. Yeah. You know, technical stuff kind of yeah. thing. So in any case. different thing. Yeah, people... Um, well, what can you say? <laughs> what can <laughs> you say? Language monkeys, man. Yeah. <laughs> We're all brain damaged language monkeys. It, it does. It does, however, concern me that the I don't know whether this this particular and of course we've got Peter Stimple here, who, a name who we can trust and put out there frequently as someone who will not. He's never this. embarrassed himself. <laughs> That's exactly the point. Peter Stimple, a man who's never embarrassed himself. Yeah, at least to our knowledge. To our knowledge, but, but let him make one slip up. Yes. <laughs> I wonder what his wife would tell. Yes. Yeah, I had a rather strange ex- existential conversation with Peter Stimple on Model Rail Radio, a recording or two ago, associated with the fact that it looked like we were both going to meet in the UK. His wife actually comes from a town near Manchester, which means there's probably a very good possibility that we may meet in the future in the UK. Hmm. But yes, all very interesting. <laughs> yes, the the UK. Yeah. So I didn't come to this conversation with any topics, which is always particularly interesting. Well, we'll find, we're about to find out. To chat. <laughs> Just sometimes how interesting it, sometimes it's it really be. works, sometimes it fails dismally. But yes, it's it's curious that we have this body of work now, Heron. You know, well, a body plus, of blab. How about that? 150 plus recordings. That yeah. yes, a huge body of blab. A huge body of blab <laughs> that some listeners clearly feel passionately about. Well, there are a few people who, yeah, yeah. Well, like I say, I think one of the things that's maybe kind of interesting is is the dichotomy between the two of us. You know that that I, we've both got, well, at least I've got a sort of narrow and clear idea about what I'm doing. Yours, I think. I see several of you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, humor me, name a couple of these things, because, I mean, my perspective is that you and I have a conversation. I have a rough idea of what are going to be good topics and what are not going to be good topics with you. And I try to steer the conversation in that direction for anywhere. Some of our conversations have been relatively short recently. I mean, we're, you know, some of them are under an hour. But we manage to navigate through these things, and the audio goes out, and it certainly interests me. I go back and listen to old Stone Apes periodically. I really? Think, yeah. To hear your views changing and my views changing, and sometimes... Have, have you identified areas where I have changed uh, oh, yes. significantly yeah. about some idea? I'd love to hear them. Yeah, sometime. I think when that you started defend- attending meetups, when you came out, when you did the Fullerton talk, 
You know, these yep. are all points where you actually yeah. not necessarily gain self-confidence, but just change your perspective a little bit. Well, that talk in Fullerton, I mean, I used to do quite a bit of that. But, you know, well, not quite. Yeah, but you hadn't for, so, like, more than a decade. Yeah, but I that. didn't for a lo- yeah, long, yeah. long time. And it was it was really fun, and it felt easy, and it was, you know, it was easy to do. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I know I can do that. <laughs> but you haven't since. Um, well, I've gone to some meetups, and I've had an opportunity to stand up and say a few things, you know. But, um, no, I, like I say, I, I don't really know what I want to do. <laughs> when mm. I grow up, mm. <laughs> I'm still, you know, yeah, in fact, I just figured this thing out just recently, uh, again, that, that actually I, I really achieved everything I, I sought to achieve when I was 21. Mm. I mean, I actually, you know, what, what I thought my life was all about was about certain things, and I actually accomplished those things. So for quite a few years now, although I didn't think about it in those terms. I was trying to figure out, well, so so now what? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, because that ain't it anymore. It took me a long time to realize that. Yes. That that ain't it, man. I'm not looking for that anymore. Thank you. (laughs) Yes. But what the hell am I going to do? You know, here I am. Now what? Yeah. And and I'm um, like I said, that's the process I'm sort of going through the last few years is sort of defining just just what the hell I'm going to do. You through the migraines and in particular some of the recent treatments for the migraines, I started to realize that my existing body of work is something that I'm perfectly satisfied with. That's a nice feeling, isn't it? Yeah. And just a sense that. Yeah. Um, if I suffer mental deterioration and, you know, or, or die rapidly. Yeah, which, whatever. Yeah, you you've know, got a body could, of could work occur. out there that, yeah. Has, yeah, that has made a difference to some people. Yeah. Yeah. What more could you ask? <laughs> yes, well, well you get a lot, back. I suppose, but, uh, you know, I'll settle for that. In the short term, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But yes, it is a very curious thing that we're... Sold. I got laid a lot, see. I was yeah. a hippie. So it yes. was awesome. I got to tell you, man. My spiritual advisor yeah. often asks me if I missed out on, I mean, you know, I had a few girlfriends, but I don't think yeah. I, like, as, as you talk about, like, just losing all possible <laughs> needs associated with sex. Yeah, I, I've not, wit- I mean, I've, I have friends that have occasionally claimed that, but I've never really believed them. Wait a minute, wait, so. say that again? Your description associated with just having your capacity of sex, like being a man that felt fully sexually fulfilled for a period of time, was something that, I guess, I, like I said, I've had friends that have claimed that, but I've never really I, believed I don't it. even understand what you're saying. You got laid a lot. Yes. How many ways can I spell well, it oh, Well, okay, so yes, so... Y- you, and, say, well, you say that that was a basic fulfillment that you think few men in our society oh, get to enjoy. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I... I think nowadays, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think there, there was a period of time there when you, the amount of fucking that was going on was like unprecedented. Yes. <laughs> and I, and I think, well, I don't know what it's like today. Actually, it's interesting. I don't know. It'd be interesting to see good statistics. I don't know where you get good statistics on stuff like that. You don't, unfortunately. I watched a documentary associated with a DJ who operated in Las Vegas while I was there called DJ AM. He was as famous as a DJ could be in Las Vegas. He dated um, he dated Lionel Richie's daughter 
for a period of time. That's how famous he was. Okay. Anyway, he's the guy who I saw on posters all the time when we lived in Vegas, and it was always like we'd go out to a local sushi spot, and this guy would be hanging from a banner proclaiming that DJ AM was in Las Vegas. And I remember looking at the guy. He's not a particularly attractive guy. He used to be pudgy, and then he had uh, weight loss surgery, so he lost a lot of weight. I thought to myself, if I had continued my path as a DJ... I could have, and actually, the closest thing I've come to sexual awakening in terms of having a lot of women around me that are sexually interested in me was when I was a DJ. That was one of the few experiences I had of women kind of crowding around me, particularly when I'd go into the crowd and dance. You know, I would have this experience of being the focus of a number of attractive, scantily clad women, (laughs) which, you know. How old old were you at the time? I would have been probably 17 at the time. Oh, yes, a wonderful time in life. Exactly. (laughs) It was like going to L.A. when I was 13. Going to L.A. when I was 13 was was an equivalent, although the women were not crowding around me, but they were certainly there. (laughs) <laughs> and I kind of reflect on this that it's not that I've led a puritanical life, but you know, I've just I've led a life where this this kind of excess has not been accessible. Yeah, yeah. No, there was a short period there uh, in the late '60s uh, for I don't know a few years. Mm. I don't know how, just exactly how long or where you measure it from, but it was really fun. Yes. <laughs> We actually thought we were really going to change. Well, we did change the world to a, a certain, but, but we thought, you know. Yes. Well, I don't know what we thought. Maybe that's just all my own fantasy, too. Yeah. And the whole thing associated with the popular 60s is really very curious. I mean, what you're talking about is from when you returned from Vietnam onwards, which was the late, it was not halfway through. Well, that whole period goes right? together. It, yeah. I mean, that was part of it, though, uh, yeah. actually. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, really, yeah, what the end of the war the in Vietnam. Is, and, is, yeah, the mid-70s, if it's the end of the war in Vietnam. Well, right? yeah, clear up to that time. I mean, actually, that was a big deal for me. When those helicopters, yep. that was, when, 74, you're saying? 75. 75 yep. that the helicopters yep. took off off the roof? 75, Jesus Christ. So there's a good five, six years in there. Yeah. That you're attributing to the 60s, which is in fact the 70s. Yeah. Well, again, I don't give a shit about the dates, really. I mean, those are important, but yeah. It was basically the hippie era, however you define it. Well, what interests me through this is I watch films that I love because of the period setting. The mid-70s, the early 70s, the early 80s. These were all times of dramatic social change. And the characteristics of these particular times always makes me almost misty-eyed, like I wish I could go back and experience those times, (laughs) in large part through talking to folks such as yourself. Because I think the particular vision had all been clouded and manipulated and just... You know, I'll tell you what was cool thing. was walking down the street. I lived in Manhattan Beach mm-hmm. at one point, and walking down the street on the weekends, or even, or no, actually during the week at night to go to the liquor store or to buy cigarettes or whatever the fuck mm. I was doing, uh, you could just look at people and you'd wave at people you didn't even know, but you knew they were on your side. Yes. <laughs> you know, you knew that they were one of us. Yeah, and it was recognizable, and it was strong. You know, yeah, it was, it, at least for me, it was. You know, and I guess it, we've it was, talked about the phenomena yeah. associated with what sexual, 
what STDs, AIDS, these kind of things did to my generation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We were blissfully well. Yeah. There was crabs, yeah. and there, there. I mean, there, there was stuff, but I mean, it just it wasn't anything like what happened. It wasn't going to kill you. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah it, it uh, yeah, that's cha- that's a real game changer, man. It's going to kill you. You know, that makes mm. you, you really do need to think a little bit about this here. Certainly. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. I think. It came up in a comedy show my wife and I when was... When did AIDS first show up? Uh, early 80s. 82, er, 83. Er, early 80s? Yeah. I, mean, I mean, well, not I mean first show up, but I mean when it became a, a uh, topic of mid discussion. Mid to late 80s. Late 80s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. <sighs> we were watching in a comedy show the, the blood test questions. Not the blood test, the giving blood questions. I can't give blood in this country because I've lived in the UK through a period of time of mad cow disease. Uh-huh. But apparently there are a series of questions that people are asked when they give blood, which will negate them from giving blood in the future, yeah. particularly uh-huh. associated with their sexual practices. Yeah. And it's very heavily geared towards gay sex. Yeah. But also it has questions relating to promiscuity and a variety of other things, which I think are, I mean, my sense associated with blood testing is if they're not testing the blood, for all these things independently of a series of questions, we really have some serious problems associated with the blood that's given, right? Yeah, yeah. Because if they're using some kind of moral... It's a bit like abstinence education. It's the abstinence <laughs> education of blood safety. Well, that's one questions. technique. No, that's one technique. That should be taught along with everything else. Well, <laughs> my perspective is if it endangers public safety, it's probably not a technique that needs to be taught along with everything else. Well, it is a technique that can be taught along with everything else. It's one choice a person has. They can have sex or not have sex and have it protected or not. It's their own fucking choice. Hmm. But Period. Then, There's nothing you can do about it anyway. <laughs> the communication associated with this is the concern here. That what they're relying on is that people will answer the questions truthfully. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, the whole thing's sort of silly, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> yes. Anyway, thankfully, there's none of my mad cow blood in the system, Americans, so feel very happy. Oh, I feel much better now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah if I ever need a transfusion, I'm not going to come skip. looking at you, yeah. I'll tell you. Some squeamy boy who might have had gay sex in college but refuses to admit it through the blood test, yes. <laughs> Always very, very curious, these things. So what do you think of this uh, environment so far? I think it works. I think it yeah. works. I mean, there are strange noises that come through. It'll only, I'll only know in the edit, and I'll only know once listeners give the yeah, feedback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because until I get any of that, this is just... Well, I think if stuff. you're satisfied, screw them, the well, listeners. <laughs> you know, you're more picky than most of us. So yeah, but I it, don't hear what's actually been recorded until I edit it. No, that's what I'm saying. But but you, their opinion of your of your edit, I, I can, I'm more interested to hear what you think of it. Well, I'll let you know. Yeah, yeah. A technique which I used in Model Rail Radio, which is giving me extra stamina here, folks, is I was recording Model Rail Radio last weekend. And I realized, actually, if I took my shirt off and, you know, put my shirt back on after taking it off, I could survive for an additional 40 minutes of the recording. Hmm. It's a technique that I'm using currently as a means of, like, extending the conversation stamina. The podcasting room is interesting because I picked the room that is most sound muted, which is also a guest bedroom. The room formerly known as the podcasting room I'm currently using to reduce various things that I own 
and it will end up being quite a minimalist environment. I mean, it almost should become the future guest bedroom the way I'm treating it currently. Uh, but yeah, the guest bedroom has carpet on the floor, which means it doesn't echo when I talk and various other things. So. That would be nice. I've bought two microphones which are yet to arrive. They will arrive over the weekend, um, and hopefully I'll be able to use one of them with our next recording. I bought two precisely because the previous microphones I've purchased have been duds, hmm. and I'm really very bored with buying dud mics. Well, let's. Uh, when do the new ones arrive? Uh, Saturday and Sunday, respectively. Okay. Well. So I'm going to the to the movies with my wife tomorrow. We're seeing two films. We're seeing The Purge Presidency, I think that's what it's called. <laughs> Having seen the previous Purge movies. I think we both figured that if the cinema's going to get shot up, it's probably more likely to get shot up at a different movie than the Purge movie. And the second movie we're seeing is called The Secret Life of Pets, which is an animated movie that my wife has been wanting to see for some time. So, Those sound like two really good complimentary movies. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, We've done yeah. that actually in the past. We've seen we saw Straight Out of Compton and Mission Impossible together. I mean, actually, it <laughs> shows that we have kind of eclectic film interests and just need to get it done at a particular time. Yeah, you just do what's there to be done, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Geez, I can't imagine. Yeah. You know, I've got thousands of movies now. Mm. <laughs> you know, and and I lately I've been watching like one a night. You know, or one every other night anyway, you know. Mm. And I got to tell you, nothing sticks. Yeah. It's just there. It was okay. It wasn't bad. I mean, I, I didn't feel really cheated, but, you know. The whole phenomena is changing very dramatically associated with this genre, this film thing. Yeah. It's, well, it's interesting, actually, just to listen to Werner Herzog pontificate on this particular topic. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, video changed everything. Yeah, I mean the the fact that anybody can produce anything they want <laughs> at whatever level of expertise they can slap together. Yes. you know, uh, I mean that's that's a fucking game changer, man. Yes. Wow. Yeah, or even stream live. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, I don't even know how to do that. I, I, she was on her phone and she had her Facebook app and there's a way to stream live yep. from within Facebook. Huh? Yep. She just all she had to do is just push the button and it's live. Yep. Wow. And it's saved when you quit when you quit yeah, recording. Apparently, so. it's I mean, actually apparently it all it all worked out in that light. And what's particularly wow. curious is I guess similar to Periscope, um it enabled a group of people very quickly to converge on it as being an interesting story. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this is a potentially a game changer, you know? Yeah. No, Could I think be. it is. I mean, I think yeah. it, it already has. And, you know, a week ago, these well, but you, were... You, you shouldn't be too surprised at America's ability to, you know, pull the covers back over its head after peeking out very well, timidly. <laughs> I mean, I think, I think, of, I think of Nader in Iran, the woman who was shot and... Yeah, was kind of mouthing blood, which yeah. was allowed yeah. to stay. And on you YouTube. and me, you and I are the only people who remember her. Well, one of my one of my wife's sister's friends named their daughter after her. Yeah, so maybe there are three of us. Well, there are probably more, but again, yeah. yeah. Well, but all these moments help, though. See, that's yeah. the good thing is that you know each one, somebody somewhere is gonna get the message you know, hmm. you know a lot of people are probably yeah and i think we can all be in agreement that she was actually shot by a legitimate sniper like really that's the term sniper means in these circumstances 
someone from a distance on a building. Oh yeah, well yeah. Yes. Yeah, I don't actually. Yeah, I, where they were, but I mean, uh, yeah, they were on some street in Tehran. Yeah, well, no, I know that. But I mean, yeah. where the shot came from? I mean, it came from uh, building. On a yeah, I, I assume. <laughs> yeah, that that's what happened. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was uh, that. Well, that was an important piece of video. I think that did affect a lot of people. Well, I think what YouTube decided at that point was that videos of people dying were acceptable, as long as they weren't Americans, of course, were acceptable to be on YouTube. And up until that point, YouTube had very strict content yeah. requirements, which meant that videos like that couldn't be put on YouTube. Really, there were plenty of sites where they could be put, just not on YouTube. Well, you used to—they uh, used to not allow n- uh, nudity and stuff too, but that's completely gone now, apparently. Yeah, I mean, it, anything you want is there. So, yes. Yeah. Well, except occasionally considered conversation. Here's an interesting. <laughs> here's an interesting reference. I used to be able to get a series of books in PDF form, and I. By chance, wanted to look up one of them and look through my collection of these books in PDF form, but found that the site had disappeared. Ah, uh, yes. So, yeah, we still live in a in a f- information fluid time. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Well, again, that's sort of the job still ahead is to make all information available to everybody, everywhere, all the time. <laughs> I got some somewhat curious, and actually I must admit I'm slightly disappointed by this news through the week. The friend who stayed with me for three weeks a couple of week, a couple of years ago had promised that he was going to stay with me for a couple of months. Well, I saw through the week that he'd stopped in Abu Dhabi, which meant he was going from the UK back to Australia, and lo and behold, he was back in Australia without having come and stayed with us. And I reflected on the nature of returning to Australia and what it means to me. It's like kind of giving up. Like, you know, just go back to Australia. <laughs> You'll be happy there. Yeah. I remember when I lived at the YMCA. Like, like, like back to the parents home. Exactly. Well, <laughs> yeah. I remember when I lived at the YMCA and I told you the story and one of our listeners at the time who now is in Taiwan of all places created a video associated with this. But I remember telling you about the guy who had the headphones in the room at the YMCA who would play his Tupac at 2am, so I went over and yeah. gave him some headphones, and he threw it in a pile of headphones. <laughs> and he said at some stage that he just thought that I was moving back to Australia at some time. And to look yeah. at this guy, who was like a chubby young white guy, who uh, the term wigger was used for a period of time to refer to these people. But, um, you know, he was a chubby young white guy who liked listening to Tupac at 2am. You could fill in the gaps. To look at this fellow when he said, oh, yeah, I just thought you were going back to Australia and realise very deeply that this is the kind of loser that I'd expect to say something like that. It's a bit disappointed my friend just packed everything up and moved back to Australia. I mean, he had an interesting... What happened, I think, was that his parents came and visited him and he was living in the nursing home that, you know, he was basically protecting homeless people from breaking in. I guess that lifestyle probably wouldn't have set easily with his parents and... You know, maybe they just got him a ticket back to Australia. But you're disappointed at the lack of potential conversations that could be had if he had come and stayed with us. Yeah. Well, maybe he didn't want to have those conversations. Well, yeah. All very curious. All very (laughs) curious. Anyway, well, I think I told you a bit of a lie when I said that I thought I could withstand more of this time in this hot room with having fluffed my shirt because it doesn't appear to actually be working currently. Do you have a, a final topic? Well, you'd think I'd be able to come up with something, but... 
I'd, I'd just like to hear the listener feedback. I mean, I guess that's my final topic. Is feedback on what? Audio, what oh. direction this whole like sharing Well, you're going to listen, what, what, whatever you put out, mm. you you can compare it to the last one you put out. You I can guess hear I the can. Di- You can hear very clearly. I could give an assessment of what, what the difference is or yes. what a difference or yeah. some of the differences are. Well, Actually, Skype some does, of the differences. Skype does a lot of interesting level changes and things like that, which I don't think this audio will do, but we'll find out. We'll find out. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm I'm curious to see what you think about it because um, you know, I've used I've used these forever. Yes. You know, and they, but I don't. I just convert them. You know, I, I run them just the way they are through uh, Levelator, and then convert them to MP3s. So mm. that works just fine. <laughs> yes. Well, I'll talk to you next week, Karen. Take okay. care. Good night.